I'm Tina Black, co-owner of Next Level Salon Ownership, a six-month business and leadership course to help you start, maintain, grow, or scale your salon business. We believe there are five strategies to help you eliminate politics and confusion, increase morale, decrease turnover, and increase productivity. If you would like to get on our waiting list for the next course, please go to www.nextlevelsalonleadership.com. How have you built a culture of profitability, right? Because obviously we can't stay in business if we don't stay profitable, right? But getting it right off the get-go is what hurts most salon leaders, right? Because that's seemingly all she cares about is the money that I'm bringing in. But no, people need to know that they belong to something first and foremost, right? They want to know, do I belong? Does she really care about me? Can I trust my leader, right? Are they really there for me? Are they really to support me? Or are they there just having me as another body in the building so they can support their business, right? People feel this. And this is why people quit leaders, not companies, right? And mm-hmm. so talk about, you know, I love the fact that you talked about the way you've built culture of profitability. You talked about seven minute target meetings. Talk to those listening to this right now, because we do this in our companies as well, too, in our salon. So I know you took that on. What, how did you get those started? Because I know you didn't start them right off the get-go, because you knew you're like, I got to build a relationship with my team first, right? Before I ask for a hand, right? Because I think we go from level one leadership to all the way to level three. We skip level two, which level two is building appropriate, solid relationships. And then level three is the productivity level of a leader. And so most leaders jump from level one, the title, right to level three. And they're like, let's just get to profit (laughs) before I shut my doors, which I understand. I've been there, done it, right? And so how did you shift that, Corey? And then we'll jump over with the same question with Amanda. Cool. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, when you are an owner, um, you become kind of a talking head sometimes. And so what something that I can say um, will sound um, completely different with the same words coming out of, you know, someone else's mouth on the team. So um, I just, so I, uh, DJ, who has been with me since day one, he is an amazing support system for me. And um, he's just, um, it's, it's time to, you know, take his position and his role to the next level. So we, we kind of, um, so he's lead stylist. Um, and so putting him in that, uh, like management lead stylist role, um, you know, he's, um, a great partner to all of them as well. He works alongside them on the floor. So I said, you know what, this is something that I put him in charge of. Um, so he goes over, we, we use the millennium, um, or Mevo system from millennium. And it's great because we can run estimated versus actual, um, you know, for the week and just kind of show them, um, here's where you are, here's opportunities for add-on services, here's opportunities for you to grow. Um, but also in those one-on-ones, you know, asking them like, how much money do you want to make? Or what would, what would a really cush life look like for you um, behind the chair? Uh, you know, cause some people want to make more than others. And uh, some people are like, if I just pay my bills, like I'm happy, you know, and some people say, you know, I'd like to buy a car, you know, in six months. So just kind of getting those relationships with them and knowing like what, 
what they're looking for. Um, but yeah, getting DJ to speak with them um, every Tuesday morning. Um, we just, it's very quick and very short, but it does give them, uh, they write down their goals. Um, they put pen to paper um, and then, you know, celebrating that at the end of the week um, because they see opportunities within their schedule um, that way to fill or, um, you know, oh, I might need a little bit of help here from one of our assistants or our protégés, you know, and it gives our our customers the opportunity too to have a better service because we can see where we can, you know, shift in within our um, numbers for the week. So um, I always get off track when I talk. So That's I'm so like, right. where was I right now? I'm I just gotta be honest. Mesmerized. <laughs> I'm hearing, like what I keep hearing is like you have really like literally built a culture of opportunity yeah, for your people. You know, here's the opportunity as a visionary owner, entrepreneur, you're like, this is the opportunity that I see for all of you. This is where I feel like you could be. And then it's like, okay, what opportunities do you have in this to reach your goal that you said you wanted to reach, right? And yeah. so what do you want? What do you really, really want? And, but you're really getting to know them. You're building that appropriate solid relationship you're building trust and then you're thinking okay how can I support them what opportunities do you have and you're asking great questions of your team and that's what a great listener what a great leader does right and so if you can't listen you can't lead Mm -hmm. and you become an incredible listener to your team and so how would you what would you advice would you give to a salon owner right now as they start to build their leadership and start to, you know, fix their leadership, if you will, what's that one thing that you needed to shift in order to get to where you are now? Yeah, I would say just um, celebrate um, anything that you can with them. Um, At the end of the day, like I will, if I just like, even though I'm behind the chair, right now still um if I notice little things like um you know Delaney like her foils looked fantastic uh today um Crystal's been getting a lot of uh short hair um pixie cuts and they are just on fire like you know just making sure that I'm always at in the evenings or like texting them or whatever whatever communication they prefer um face-to-face giving them a pat on the back, a high five, um, letting them know that you're watching and, and you're, and you're celebrating with them. Um, that's, that's like the biggest piece of advice I can give. Um, I could always do better with that. And that's why I want to step away from behind the chair a little bit. I want to celebrate more and I want to, um, you know, just give them, um, give them a little bit more feedback, you know, Hey, are you open to coaching on something that we, I discovered today, uh, for you, um, that I see could use a little shift. Are you open to that? And they're always like, absolutely. Because, you know, it's just making sure that they can come in my office or we can go have a cup of coffee and just talk about opportunities. The best one-on-ones I ever have is just talking. Like we don't even go over numbers sometimes. I mean, I have them and like that takes what two minutes, but you know, it's like, sometimes they don't want to look at the numbers. Sometimes they just want to talk and see how you're feeling about what they're doing. Um, because they look up to you and sometimes you don't realize how much people look up to you. So So, true. Yeah. I love, I love how you built a culture of celebration, but you've also within celebrating, you've built safety with them. 
And with that safety, you've built the opportunity, there's the word again, for them to be able to get feedback from you so that, because you, you're going to have that multiple perspective advantage of your team, right? You're going to have that MPA of being able to see their blind spot, but they're not going to hear a word you're going to say to them unless they feel safe and celebrated like do, do they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you believe in them and I think that's the number one mistake that leaders make is they go in the get-go they become an authoritarian right from the get-go and the team doesn't feel safe with them but you've sat back and I know this for a fact with you Corey that you sit back and think do they feel safe enough? Do they feel that I really cheer them on? Do they really feel that I'm putting a 10 on them? Well, first of all, am I really putting a 10 on them? Because unless you're putting a 10 on them, meaning that you believe in their value, you believe in them. In fact, you believe in them so much, you'd actually become a business partner with them. Then you can speak into their life, right? And that's something that I love about you, Corey. So, so great job on that. Amanda, let's switch over to you. Um, let's um, finish this out with advice from you. So we, of course, we spend the first month on foundation, a second month on leadership, and then on communication, and then on attitude, and then lastly on hiring. And interesting enough, when we do focus on all of these areas, hiring seems to kind of fix itself, right? And so you've gone through this course three times, and I know we're entering into our very last month here on hiring as well. So what shifts have you made from year to year as we, as you continue to grow through this program, Amanda, um, year after year? And then of course, um, talking about the culture of profitability, because I've watched you grow from a negative uh, number. So you were in the red and now you're way into the black. So, so much more uh, productive, so to speak, and you're getting ready to scale your business, which I'm super excited about and cannot wait to cheer you on for that process. I see you with a thousand salons someday. So there you go. That's something that's my visionary coming out. Uh, so talk about what shifts have you made and what shifts are you making and give advice to salon owners. Well, um, to talk about like all the shifts that I've made, um, we would be here for hours, but, um, I think the first one was really like having a good orientation and being able to set expectations because when people would come onto my team, they didn't really know what to do. There was really no direction. They were kind of all just trying to figure it out. And so I really had to hone in on my orientation and like, what's the expectation and, I wasn't really giving feedback at all or great feedback hardly ever. And the reason why is because I wasn't setting the expectation up front. So how do you give feedback when people don't know what they're held to, right? And that, so that feedback was really scary for me. And feedback is still something I constantly am working on. And when I recently went to the Entree Leadership event with Dave Ramsey, their sessions on feedback freaking just kicked my butt. So I'm, I'm on fire for feedback now and I'm excited to do it, even though it's the worst part of my job, right? I'm excited to do it and I want to see other people grow and I don't want to be, I don't want to be what blocks them from their growth. That was something they said that I think was huge. And when we talk about the communication part of next level, like you guys really do dive into like how does your team communicate? When do you guys have your meetings? When do you guys sit down and give feedback? When do you give praise? Like all of those things. And 
I have honed in on my communication by doing Tuesday meetings and we're actually closed all day Tuesday for meetings and education. Now the point that I'm at is, am I leading great meetings? How can I make sure they're great meetings? I don't want my team falling asleep on me, right? So it's like, how do I fire myself up every day or every Tuesday to go in and deliver a really great meeting that's planned and thought out? And so I think that is growth in itself because before it's like, okay, I got to have this meeting. What am I going to have this meeting about? And now I'm like, oh, here's what we're going to talk about. And I'm really excited about it. And I have my leadership team now. I have three awesome people on my leadership team and growing from no leaders to having leaders. Like that's been a really hard transition for me because as a salon owner, I want to do everything, but I can't because I don't have time. And then I suck at everything that I'm doing because I don't have time to do any of it. And so delegating out to those girls, like that has really grown me as a leader because I've had to teach them and train them and bring them along. And then after I've taught them and trained them that I have to release it to them and be okay with it and delegate that authority. So I've really learned a lot that way as well. Um, hiring used to really scare the crap out of me because how do you know you're making a good decision or a bad decision? You don't know really until you have a system in place of how do I pick out the um, characteristics I'm looking for? How do I pick out the morals and values? And how do I make sure they're aligned with my culture? That was a question I think I took like two years to answer and I'm still working on it. Hiring is, that process is always being worked on because you hire one not so great employee and you have to go back and say, what did I do wrong? Like, what did I miss? Where were my, where were my blinders on, right? What did I see and possibly get caught up in and just want them on my team, right? So that's, those are some things I've learned and have to shift. Um, as far as profitability goes, I had no financial system whatsoever. When we came on to Next Level Leadership, the, the financial system was, okay, we're going to make the money. Now here's a bill. Okay, crap. How do we pay for the bill? Okay, find the money for the bill. Okay, now there's another one. Okay, find the money. Like it was, it was crazy. It was not working. And after reading um, Profit First and then implementing it in my own way and being coached by Sean and Tina, we do make a profit in my salon. And that is unheard of for me because I was like, I thought I could never get there. Like you get stuck in this place of just like loss and that you're never going to have enough because you've never had enough and you didn't know how to curate it into something, right? And so being with you guys, you guys really helped me figure out where to delegate my money to and how to budget it. Because before I was like, there, there can't be a budget because there's no money to budget. So how do you budget no money? And you guys would tell me, well, you have to have a budget or else there will continue to be no money, right? So I learned that the hard way as well. Um, opening a salon very young, you go to the school of hard knocks, right? You have to just figure out by messing it up. And I think something that Next Level has really helped me with is my attitude on failure. And I hope that that is transferring into my team because I really don't view my failures as failures anymore. I just view them as an opportunity to get better. And I would have days where I would just completely suck as an owner or as a leader or as a hairstylist, and it would just defeat me. And I really had to work on like, how can I build my attitude so that I can look at that and say, what can I do better and not take it so personally, or even same thing when my team comes to me with feedback, I'm like, how can I just look at it as what can I do better and learn to grow from it instead of just beating myself up in my head. I think we all kind of do that a little bit because we care so much and we have such big hearts and we're really trying to make everything perfect for our team and for our business. And 
you know, for ourselves, because we want to feel like we're achieving something great. But at the end of the day, when you look at success, it isn't made up of one great thing you did. It's made up of like 10,000 or even more than that, like horrible things that you messed up on that then you learned from and, you know, had growth and was able to change. And I, I think next levels really just helped me have a better mindset and think how, just how can I be better and how can I change versus, well, this is just how owning a salon is. This is how this industry is. Like, how can we be the change and create that versus just, I'm stuck. I'm stuck here and this is how it is. And this is how it will always be. It doesn't have to be that way. And it starts with you. So you get to be the change and you get to go off and create your company to what you want it to be. And you get to impact other people's lives and you know, that's what Sean and Tina have both done for me. They've really impacted my life so that I can impact others' lives. So it's, it's been an incredible journey. And, you know, Tina, next year you can say it's been four years because I will be signing up for a fourth year. All right. No doubt about that. <laughs> you always raise my leadership lid, Amanda, because I'm like, I have to make this really good for Amanda, right? It's almost like the next level of next level every year. So oh, I you. love this because it's so what you're talking about because I think especially after this past year you've been talking about attitude and it's so funny because I had to fix my attitude in the first couple days because my attitude was not good you know when COVID hit I was like okay where is this coming from you know and I'm like wait a minute I know this like I have trained my brain to say with crisis comes opportunity and I love that you said that right away from the get-go, but you have to train your brain, right? It's mindset matters, a culture of mindset, right? And so like really, really going, growing through this. So it's so hard for us when we train this course, Amanda, because which one do you start with? Do you start with attitude? Do you start with hiring? Do you start with foundation? Do you start with leadership? What do you start with? Like you could start with any of them, right? And just keep going round and round because it's a cyclical because there's always blind spots. Like you said, there's always cracks in your foundation. Something I'm so proud of you for. And I want you to talk to salon owners right now. And the one thing that I'm most proud is because I remember you're like, I don't have a leadership team. I don't have anybody to put on that leadership team. I'm like, yes, you do. I know you do. When are you going to stop worrying about who should be on your leadership team? Because I have a feeling there's people right there on your team. I'm coaching a salon owner right now that has three salons and she doesn't feel like she's got that leadership team, right? And I'm like, I know you do. You have a hundred staff members. There's gotta be a leadership team <laughs> in that hundred team members. And here you were with 12 team members, right? And so finally, they kind of rose to the occasion. How did you identify those people and talk about that? How important has that been for you? Because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, one is too small a number to achieve greatness. We proved it. We proved it with your numbers, right? And you're like, you know what? Tina's right. I need a leadership team. What was that shift for you, Amanda? And, and give advice to salon owners on that. Well, first I wasn't asking, like I wasn't asking my team what their interests were. So I just thought that nobody else wanted to be a leader. And also the expectations were not set. So I couldn't see when somebody was going above and beyond, because if I don't have that, then how do I measure to thinking like, oh, this person is really leading themselves well. Like leadership always goes back to yourself. Can you lead yourself well? I'm not going to put somebody on my leadership team if they're not leading themselves well. 
But in order for them to lead themselves well, I have to lead myself well and I have to be diligent and I have to be able to create all of those systems and get it done, even though maybe as a salon owner, you're thinking like, oh gosh, write an orientation packet. That does not sound fun. Like, you know, when you think about those things, you're like, hey, well, if I want, if I want to have people that are like in support, I have to have clear expectations so that they can lead themselves. And then once you see that people are leading themselves, then you can be able to see different areas that they're interested in being mentored in and you can see really where they excel. And at the end of the day, like I just wasn't asking, I wasn't asking like, Hey, who wants to help? And I think my team could just see that I would be like super overwhelmed with stuff. And they would come to me and be like, Oh, like if you need any help with anything, you just let me know. And I was just kind of would always be like, Oh no, I'm good. Like I'm okay. Like I can do all of it. I'm the superhero. That was something I had to teach myself, like stop trying to be superwoman because you're not. And every time I would try to be superwoman, I would just let myself down. And so within that, I learned the lesson of, I need to write down the things that I a, don't want to do or the things that I'm not as good at and just take on the things that I'm like super fired up about and like, where am I passionate about? And then I needed to find other people on my team that were passionate about the things that I wasn't good at or the things that I didn't really want to be doing anymore. And as I looked for that, it did begin to come. And now we have a super great culture ambassador. We have a um, like head of education or like assistant leader, whatever you want to call it in your salon. And then I also have a really great head of customer service too. So it's like working in that it, you know, it's, it's hard to identify if you don't have those expectations. And so I think that really helped me the most. And the other thing too, is like, it's really scary to trust somebody with like your baby that you've been growing for years and you just think it's so fragile. And if you don't do one thing, like the whole thing is going to crack and come crumbling, falling down. Well, if you're hiring appropriately, the people that work for you care enough to not let it crack and come crumbling down. So trust the people that are there. They're there for a reason. See what they're interested in. And once you train them and you teach them and you delegate them, then you or then you start to manage, right? You just manage the systems that you've given them to be over versus having to step in constantly and be like micromanaging about things. And you got to figure out what's your communication system going to be on your leadership team. How do they communicate back to you? And something that I learned at this last entree leadership thing that I need to work on is I need to work on being a better delegator of authority. And so these girls that are on my leadership team, they now have their job roles and they have, they have their tasks, but did I delegate authority to them? Did I delegate like, Hey, look, like you're over this. Like I trust you to make these decisions. And if you make a wrong one, we're going to learn from it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want you to hide it from me. I want you to come to me and let's, let's work on it. And I like, I want them to feel like this is my domain and I can take it and I can run with it. And so that's like my next step in my leadership team is me fully delegating authority. So first I was like, okay, I'll delegate the job and then I'll delegate the tasks. And now I got to delegate the authority and I got to I got to let go and I got to let them feel comfortable to make those decisions and run with it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't want them coming to me every five minutes being like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Like, that's a crack in my foundation, right? Like I need to teach my team why, so that they are so solid and making their own decisions that sometimes they don't need me. Sure. There'll be times they need me, but I would prefer most of the time that they don't. Right. 
I would rather be leading them instead of constantly having to tell them what to do or putting out the fires, right? And so that's that's where I'm at with my leadership team now. And that's that's my next level of my leadership with them. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yes. Delegating authority. Like how many times have you been to a place where they're like, well, I don't know. Let me get the manager. Like how irritating is that? Like I had to set the stage with all of my companies. I had to say, listen, I don't ever want a question like that where they have to talk to the owner, right? Just delegate the authority, make them happy. Our number one job is to make people feel happy in the decision that we make. So that's your job. Even if you make the wrong mistake, it's okay. We can talk about that later. And the only reason why you made the mistake, the failure is because it wasn't a written system, which is my fault, right? So that always goes back to you as the leader. And so if the, if they fail to say, that's okay, that was my fault. It wasn't your fault. It was my fault. And so let's go back and let's write a system for that. So a system is just all the areas where you suck or where you slipped up, <laughs> right? All your mistakes. So I think that's just beautiful. I'm so proud of you, Amanda, because I know that was a long time coming, building that leadership team and really delegating the authority. So um, Corey, what last piece of advice would you want to give salon owners? What have we missed as far as really building a strong team and can you also, I don't know if you have the answer to this, and I know a lot of salon owners are just really frustrated in this, um, knowing that 70%, and, and I guess that's number, that's what I just heard on this clubhouse call, who knows if it's the true story, 70% of hairdressers are leaving team-based uh, salon culture systems, like what we all have here on this panel and going into salon suite. So what advice do you have for salon owners as we navigate this new, um, this new culture that's happening? Okay. I actually, this is, this is a good question for me. So my, um, my team that I hire right out of school, most of them are, I don't know, generation names, Gen X, Gen Z, millennials, whatever. So what I love about, I'm 38 years old. What I love about 20 year olds and, you know, 20 to 25 or whatever it is, is that they have mastered better than I have recently a work um, life balance. Mm -hmm. So, or they know what they want. They know that they need a better work-life balance. They know when it's time to reset. They feel it. They'll let you know that um, whether it's called a mental health day or, you know, they're just so much more in tune with, I need to take time outside of work and I need to set boundaries and I need to have that on my own. That's hard for me. I was raised by two parents that didn't have work-life boundaries. You know, we they worked all day. Um, I was, you know, if I got up for school and I was like, I don't really feel good. They're like, get in the shower, see how you feel, go to school, go to work, whatever. So it was just like, you didn't have the opportunity to say like, you know, I'm just, I just need time to reset. I didn't start taking vacations till way later in life. Um, you know, uh, sorry, my phone started ringing and my, okay, there we go. Um, and so what I love most about that is it's given me a really big challenge to myself and my attitude and fixing that of like, I've got to bend and flex a little bit. Like it's not always going to be about what's happening at the salon, even though for me, my time off 
that's what I choose to do with it is sit at my desk and write a manual because that's somehow fun for me, which is not fun for everyone. Okay. But it's, you know, that's not what that looks like for others. And um, it's also taught me a little bit of um, like you, Tina, you taught me so much with the next level about the balance wheel. We talk a lot about um, work-life balance in in our one-on-ones every six weeks. I'm like, how's your schedule for you right now? Is that what you want? Um, if somebody's like, hey, I don't want to work any Saturdays. Okay, well, that's great. Well, Tuesday through Friday, here's what your numbers need to look like to make that work for you and make that work for the salon as well. So let's let's partner up on it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really just like taking taking yourself out of the equation and what your work ethic is, is not what everybody else's is. It's like, if this person only can work two days a week and that works and that fits into your team and that's what makes them happy, great. Um, if that's what that takes to, you know, if that's a team member that you want to keep on your team. So anyway, um, I think that it's been, that's the biggest lesson that I've been trying to teach myself lately is, um, you know, working hard might look different for everybody. So, Yeah. Hey everyone, I'm Sean Chido, co-owner of Next Level Salon Ownership. Thank you for joining us today and be sure to check us out at nextlevelsalonleadership.com.